The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Mighty Joe Morin and Carl Carafel. That is right, everybody. I am Carl Carafel alongside the curator of topics mighty joe morin and today ladies and gentlemen we have got an packed show for you this show we have one topic today but it is packed with a lot of discussion joined by our friends jargo ryan k bowman and john pause welcome everyone to turnbuckle talk yeah, absolutely, Carl. You know, outside of our main topic, we, we do have something to additional, like for our showstopper segment. But we'll get to that. I don't want to spill the beans too much on that yet. But uh, to kind of go around the table here, uh, first time guest on Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, pause. Uh, welcome to Turnbuckle Talk, and uh, let us know a little bit about you. Uh, you know, especially for our, our new, uh, you know, people seeing you for the first time on this show. Thank you for having me. First of all, yes, thanks you for being follow uh, follow along with me on uh, Two Man Power Trip and everything at Two Man Power Trip on Twitter and Instagram. But you know, we have our own interview shows that I do. I have a show with Dr. Tom Pritchard. I have a show with Kevin Sullivan. I have a show with Dutch Mantel. I have a show with Justin Credible. Yeah. I do a show with uh, Bobby Margolin called The Business. The Business and a lot of stuff uh, going down. Also, Shane Douglas and Rick Bassman as well. So. A lot, a lot of stuff, but I think the easiest way just to uh, follow the uh, two-man power trip and uh, follow along on the journey because there's a ton of stuff out there each and every week that I put out. Well, I think I can speak for everybody in the room here. I mean, still, uh, the majority of us, unfortunately, Carl, uh, busy doing other things. But uh, to sit on that uh, uh, call with uh, with you and uh, Dr. Tom, I mean, there's that, that, that's an experience that uh, will uh, be etched in my memory for a very long time. So, uh, again, uh, thanks for having us on for that. And it's, uh, I actually have watched that a few times, actually, uh, since that's happened. It's been, uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, back on Turbuckle Talk, Mr. Jargo, who is uh, he's awake now, I think. Um, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had my alarm set for like 45 minutes before record time. And then all of a sudden my wife comes in and she's like, didn't you have to record? And I was like, crap, did my alarm not go off? Did I not turn on my alarm? Because I'm not entirely sure which one happened. Regardless, I'm happy to be here. I'm yes. happy to be on Turnbuckle Talk. It's great to see these other people. Pause. It's great to see you. I, I know uh, me and Paz are going to be getting together for an episode of Destino. And yes. Joe, I've had you on Destino. And yes. Carl never watched his New Japan with me. And, you know, <laughs> then there's Ryan. 
And speaking of which, Ryan K. Bowman from Sports Kita, welcome back to Termuckle Doc, sir. Well, thanks for having me back on. You know, I got up out of bed this morning and thought to myself, I want to have a conversation with a bunch of wonderful gentlemen today. And then I decided, now I'll just talk to my same friend. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, you but know what? Still, but don't get me wrong, it's still good to be here. It it's is. Still good to- Absolutely. So for, for this week, we have an interesting one uh, lined up. And, and this actually stemmed largely from something that I heard on a program that is on the same network that we own with the Hitting the Marks podcast network, specifically the show The Hitting the Marks with Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery and our very own Jargo, who is here with us today. Um, Never this, heard of him. <laughs> this topic stemmed largely from what you guys are talking about on the show. Now, I'm, I'm hoping that you kind of remember a little bit of what you said there. Um, so if, if you want to kind of kick us off with uh, with what you guys had mentioned on the show, and then we'll we'll kind of branch out from there. Well, ba- basically what happened, um, I we, we did the phone call with Dr. Tom Pritchard, mm-hmm. and I, I heard it's going to be a Q&A. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, man, what do I ask Dr. Tom Pritchard? <laughs> right. And then I, I ended up being like the, the third or fourth person in the line. So my questions ended up being more follow-up questions. And I never actually did get around to the question that I wanted to ask. And that is, what is John Cena's legacy inside of the professional wrestling business? Because when you look at every measurable metric inside of the company, whether it be TV ratings, whether it be subscriptions, just regular fan interest... Everything was on a decline during John Cena's entire time while he was on top. Yeah. However, the WWE made more money than any other point in their history with John Cena on top because he was the absolute poster child for these massive TV deals that they ended up signing. Yeah. So when you look at John Cena, what is truly his legacy inside of the professional wrestling business? It's a very interesting topic because, I mean... Outside of that, too, I think most people would largely agree that, you know, modern day, has to, he has to be probably one of the most polarizing individuals out there. I mean, depending on where they went, I mean, he was either cheered loudly than most people get cheered or booed louder than most people get booed. So a very interesting kind of dynamic uh, to, to just kind of kick things off here. Actually, I'll throw it over to uh, our, um, our first time guest here, uh, Mr. Paws. Just to, to kind of start off here, what's your overall all take on um, on the legacy of Mr. John Cena? So interesting because I was talking to Todd yeah. Martin, who works for the Pro Wrestling Torch and Sure Dog, and, yeah, LA Times. I was talking to him about it too, and it's funny. I was like, man, Cena is such a big star, but he never reached Rock level or Austin level, and. I don't think those guys maybe even touched Hogan level. Rock, obviously, now because of Hollywood. But I think those guys were almost a step. You know, Hogan level is, to me, all, all the way up here. Then, you, you know, you got Rock and Austin. And then Cena wasn't even on their level, but we act like he is. And it's one of those things where it's like, yes, he's a huge star. Yes, he's doing TV. Yes, he's doing commercials. All sorts of stuff. But then you think about it, and Jargo was right. Everything business-wise was down. He, w- he wasn't this huge TV rating getter. At first, yes, you know, with the, the thugonomic stuff and when he first beat uh, JBL for the title, but then decline. Pay-per-views, decline. But through maybe smart business thing, being PG, they were able to get so much, you know, on, on the other side of the business, TV deals, uh, maybe a deal with uh, K- 
KFC or whoever that they weren't <laughs> able to get before, or Subway or you know whatever like the generic company was and that wanted to be more fan friendly. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, man, they able to get all these things by being PG that maybe they weren't able to get before, but somehow are less popular. So it's one of those things I'm like torn on it because he's a huge star and he's a big name and he's probably the last big name big star that they're ever going to have according to uh, what triple h has said so uh, i think that he's is just a huge star big time star but almost in, in a weird way led to the decline of the business because i feel like maybe if he turns heel maybe if uh, i don't know he gets a little bit um, I don't know, maybe PG-13 or more rated R than being kind of corny and, and cliche. I don't know. Who knows what happens? Maybe you get some of those lapsed fans that left and came back. And, you know, 96, you know, was starting to die off a bit a little bit. All of a sudden, Hogan turns heel. Everyone was talking about I know he's not on Hogan's level, but everyone yeah. was talking about Hogan turning heel. My parents were talking about it. Um, my friend's parents. Everyone was talking about it. So maybe if Cena turns heel and does like a shocking turn, Maybe you get that. You lose the kids, or maybe you lose some of the merch sales because he was a gigantic merch seller. But maybe you lose some of that, but you gain some fans that you lost, some laps fans or some people like, oh, this crap is corny, and I'm done with it. Seeing his character is so lame. Maybe he turns heel and, and flips the script and, and turns it upside down. But to me, uh, just like Jargo said, I'm almost like torn. It's like he's such a massive star. He's such a big star. He's bigger than anybody they have by far. If they brought him back now you know, out of Hollywood, he'd definitely be the top guy. And, but then everything declined under him. So it's it's a weird dynamic with him for sure. Uh, just to address our friend in the chat, Mr. John Perillo here, why we're talking about Cena today. Uh, this is uh, based uh, off of uh, a topic that uh, was talked about on the, the Hitting the Marks podcast this past week. And it's just kind of blown up into the main topic of our show today, uh, just so, so you know. And uh, pause, you hit on something there that I mean... I know Carl and I have discussed on this podcast. I'm sure that you have discussed it on shows that you have done. I know Bulgario and Ryan have talked about this is if they should have done a heel run with John Cena. It's something that, <laughs> I mean, it's been, I won't say done to death, but I know we have talked about it quite a bit. I'll throw this your way here, Carl. Do, do you think that near the end of his run with the WWE, if they would have gone with the heel approach, could that have benefited just everything in general? I think it definitely could have. Um, people always are looking for change. They're looking for something a little bit different. They get mm. very much so stuck in a redundancy and a mundaneness of this one specific character. You have to adapt and change. I mean, it's... I, I equate it to Matt Hardy. Look at how many times Matt Hardy has changed himself and changed his character, tweaked it just a little bit, and it again got over with the fans. And again got over with the fans. Those subtle little changes. Chris Jericho, another one. Jericho is another one. You're right. On the flip side of that, you got somebody like The Big Show where it can happen too much mm. and you just get pissed off with it too. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, it's all a balance. It's really got to be done in a good balance. And I think come uh, nearing the end of John Cena's career, it would have been a breath of fresh air to see John Cena just take out a couple of the baby faces, have that little heel turn, run with it for a year, and go, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> right? Interesting. And that would yeah. I I I think yeah. it would have blown up. People would have been like, "Holy crap, are you serious? John Cena is taking out all the good John Cena's the good guy. What's going on here?" And it would have just flourished. I I think anyways. 
See, what I'm thinking of is, is I'm trying to think, you know, at the company level, I'm, as hard and as really impossible as it is to try and get inside Vince's head when it comes to the approach on this, just uh, I, I got to think that the reason why they didn't pull the trigger, because like, I mean, it had to be in discussions. I mean, if it wasn't, shame on them. But that, the, like he, we were mentioning here with the merch sales, with the, the kids loving him, that maybe they felt like a heel turn would have been a death move. I've always felt that that that, that was probably on the table. That, that That's largely... Let me throw this your way, Jargo. Do, do you think that that maybe led to them not making that change just because they were afraid of what the result well, would be? I mean, there there's a, a, so much to follow up on, on just what you three have mentioned here. Yeah. Uh, number one, I mean, we're kind of seeing it now with the Roman Reigns heel turn, right? Which everybody is praising left and right to the point that it makes me wonder, is it actually working? Because if you think this is good for Roman Reigns, if you like this out of Roman Reigns, then is he really a heel? Yeah. You know? Right. So, but then they did do probably the next best thing in my mind's eye, which was the John Cena United States Open Challenge, right? Where he wasn't actually a heel, but he's putting these new kids over, even though he's winning matches like Kevin Owens, he got over. He got over Sami Zayn. I mean, he, he went on that entire run as the U.S. champ, and while he wasn't a heel, he was definitely, you're pulling for that underdog, that upstart, you know? And that was personally my favorite run of John Cena as far as to actually watch him i do know cena has commented that it was in the works it was planned like he showed up at the building with new gear ready to go (laughs) and vince was like i can't do it john you know (laughs) so i mean which i also understand from vince's perspective too you know so it's it's all the way around vince that's a pretty good vince impression I'll give you a that was pretty good. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. Excellent. What do you th- what do you think, uh, Mr. Uh, Ryan K. Bowman, uh, with a specifically with the the being afraid to uh, to pull the trigger on changing his character? Do you, do you think that they should have done it, or was did they do the right thing? What's your take? I'll tell you what, and I I watch this YouTube channel all the time. It I and it's, I I guess I could plug them here if that's okay. Element sure. Games, where they actually are. It's an animated version if. Cena had gone heel and reformed the NWO, NWE. And I got to be honest with you, it's better than hmm. some of the stuff I see on wrestling today. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I was like, seriously, I'm watching like, man, Cena would have made a good heel. But the truth hard. is, and, and I pause pa said it, and a couple of you guys have said it, the one word I kept hearing was kids. They keep trying to appeal to kids because they know their audience, they're losing that youth factor, and they know that kids – any of us who have kids know they will drag you to a wrestling show if they like wrestling. And I think John Cena, in a lot of ways, they tried to make him a, a, a modern day version of Hulk Hogan. Remember Hogan is in the eighties. He was like the champion, you know, of, of little kids and, you know, and, and young fans. And, but the difference is that that generation, that era bought more into wrestling than they do now. So that whole well. superhero thing, it just it doesn't exist now, and I can just tell you from my own example, you know, having kids from thirteen all the way up to twenty five, they're not interested in seeing that. They they want to see the darker, shadier characters. It's you can see it in movies, you can see it in TV. Um, so maybe Cena, while, while I give him a lot of credit for being the guy that kind of carried the flag through some hard times for that company, um, in terms of their creative and their storylines, 
I would agree with what everyone said. He's not on that level of Hogan. He's not on that level of Rock or Austin. He, he's is he a huge star? Yes. Is he someone that I would just put down in the in the record books as being? I, I mean, I would put him in the top ten performers of all time, to be honest with you. And that's a shame because he deserves better than that. But I think that at that point in his run, his prime years, wrestling fans had become so jaded that they could not give him the credit that he deserves. Someday down the road, Cena will get the credit that he deserves, but I, it hasn't been lately. It's interesting so that I, I just yeah, I, I just want to want to jump in there for a second yeah. here. Um, you talk about Hulk Hogan and John Cena in the same breath, and and I think for for myself, what I have seen is the biggest difference is that Hulk Hogan was seen as that professional wrestler. He was in the ring. He was winning the matches. He was take taking his vitamins, saying his prayers, there for the kids, everything like that. Whereas the WWE, I feel more or less took John Cena and made him the WWE spokesman for the company and just allowed him to go and get the TV deals and get the uh, Susan G. Komen. Okay, we'll plug Susan G. Komen, Breast Cancer Foundation, right? The Make-A-Wish Foundation, all of these different things for the kids. And these small kids love John Cena because he's not not necessarily different, but he's got that little quirkiness to him that appeals to the kids. Whereas Hulk Hogan was that tough guy, brash person that, uh, you know, the, the kind of older youth and generation could really connect with because they're like, I want to be that tough. Whereas John Cena is more the 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 kidding around quirky type of which appeals more to the kids when you take a look at like the disney network and the disney you know uh shows that that they've come out with and stuff like that so i don't know just just it, it popped in my head as you were talking and uh, equating the two of them together so thank you for you letting know, me get that hogan, the, uh, the thing with hogan was he looked like a legitimate big strong tough guy yeah and yeah the big guy don't get me wrong and he's rip you know i mean obviously he he looks like that guy that would live next door that played on the local football team you know nice guy smiling and i and i think in his era um you know maybe as i said generations change you know back in the 80s he could have probably been a bigger star than hulk Hogan because he's certainly more photogenic there there's no doubt about that but yeah you know, it's just it's one of those things that i think that i Again, guys our age, I'm, I'm, I'll be 46 this year. So growing up in the 80s, I, I wanted to watch superheroes. I loved Superman and Spider-Man and guys like that. Well, now, you know, the kids today, they're, they're not quite as tuned into that type of thing. And, and I do believe that one of the things that Cena suffered from was that they, fa- they, they tried to make him too much of a nice guy, mm. if that makes sense. Okay, but yeah, I mean, it, it's not like we're talking about that fat piece of shit, Adam Cole. All right, like we're talking about John Cena, right? Like it, it's not like Cena didn't have a, a muscular frame like Hulk Hogan. I mean, Cena would bury Hogan when it comes to comes to all that. No. I mean, come on, no. But, you know, no, like, I mean, no. I'm with you on everything else, but I'm just like, oh, I'm, no, no, I'm just, uh, you no, look no, like a wrestler. No, I mean, that kind of tells you again. I always talk about generations. You know, in the '80s, we bought Hogan as like. 
oh, he's this big superstar hero. Imagine if The Rock had come around at the time WrestleMania was launched or Cena had come around. Those guys, I mean, you wouldn't have been able to keep them out of Hollywood because they 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 were they're good looking, strong, you know, guys. That, that that's why they're both in Hollywood now because they they are photogenic. Where Hogan was a big, tall guy with hardly any hair, and for some reason we bought him as the superhero. You could never do that today. He, Hogan in the modern era would never never be the star that he was in the eighties, and and. So if you want to compare Cena in terms of eras, Cena was the biggest star at a time when maybe people were, again, I, I keep using the word jaded, but that's what it seems like. Like maybe we were all just sort of like, ah, yeah, this guy's great and he looks good and I'm sure he's going to go on and be a big star some, someday. But eh, I'm just, I, it's too hokey for me. I'm not buying it. <laughs> and I, I think that, again, that has to do with, um, the passing of time more than anything else. I, I I don't think it has anything to do with John Cena. I think it says more about us as fans than it says about John Cena. By the way, Carl, I, I literally just noticed uh, while you were talking the, the last time that you were wearing a John Cena shirt. I legitimately didn't pick up on that until then. So uh, it I'll, is I'll, the only, I believe, John Cena shirt that I have, yeah. just so that I could support the Breast Cancer Foundation. Absolutely. So the other thing that we had kind of hinted at was Hulk Hogan. Uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up, and I'll, and I'll pass it around to you guys, is that at some point we know that there were, there was some kind of discussion. Okay, you know, we're going to have a match with Hulk Hogan and John Cena. I want to throw that around here to see if maybe if they would have actually done that maybe could that maybe have put him over the top to that super kind of mega stardom to, to actually have a match with Hogan to, you know, to almost kind of be like a torch pass uh, I'll throw this over to pause and we'll kind of go around uh, did you think that this is something that maybe they that they should have actually done it and it could have maybe have accomplished like I said that, that to kind of push him over the top you mean Cena yeah well, he did have that feud with The Rock, though, and, and you know The Rock did put him over WrestleMania. Yeah. So he did have like that super duper star, kind of put him over. But it was one of those weird things where it was after Cena's initial big run. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so he did get that big win over a huge megastar, a la a Hogan, but obviously being The Rock, loses him to the first WrestleMania, and the second race, WrestleMania comes back and gets the win. So he does get that big win over a huge guy, and he's had many big wins in his career. Um, so it's weird at that point. I don't know if he really needed it, but they wanted to do uh, that big matchup for, for Cena. It's one of those things, though. How many guys does he have to beat that was a star for us to say, like, okay, that's this it. guy needs yeah. to beat this guy and this guy? Well, he did beat Triple H, who was a big star of the Attitude Era. He did beat The Undertaker, who was a big star. He did beat Brock Lesnar, who was a big star. You know, he he did beat all these guys. Kurt Angle, he beat. You know? yep. So, I mean, I don't know how many more guys he could possibly beat to yeah. say, oh, he he did, these guys didn't put him over or like that the few past generation because he beat all those guys and then he ended up beating The Rock when The Rock came back. So. Yeah. I feel like that's, I don't know, sometimes people say that, but it's like, well, didn't he beat everybody? That's why <laughs> I had figured too. lose for a year? Yeah. Like, didn't he go undefeated for like a year as champion? Everyone Pretty was much. like, damn it, lose already, god damn it. And, oh, yeah. and turn half half the audience. So I, it's almost like one of those things where it's like, man, he got, he beat Shawn Michaels for for Pete's sake as yep. well. Uh, yep. So he just to throw that out there. So it's like he beat everybody he could have beaten, I think. 
yeah, if I, I could expand just kind of on what Paz said, too, sure. it's, it's sort of like the old circus mentality. Mm-hmm. There's only so many times you can see the guy get shot out of the cannon. You know, hey, we're going to load this guy up in a cannon and yeah. shoot him across the, the place. Okay, great. Now we're going to load him up in a cannon. And after the third or fourth time you see a guy get shot out of the cannon, it gets old. You know, and I yeah. think that was part of the thing where Cena, you know, had that run or, or Rock or Hogan or any of them. After a certain time, you almost get tired of seeing the same thing over and over. You yeah. get tired of seeing the same guy winning. And I think that's what I always used to call Cena syndrome. Yeah. You know, where half the audience was just sick of him. And unfortunately, you know, it's it, it kind of went the same way with Hogan. That's why Hogan's heel turn was so brilliant in the way that it yeah. happened because there were so many people that were sick of him. And I think mm-hmm. at a certain point, there were a lot of people that were just tired of Cena in that same way. And my, my biggest fear, too, because I, I know that at some point they were discussing to have a match with those two guys. My, my, my more fear, and I, I, I'm the last person to, to say that I'm a Hulk Hogan fan, but like it's just my fear if they were to, ex- to even attempt that kind of match. is just like, man, like if Hogan hits that mat, I mean, his body's going to explode. I mean, just he, he, he <laughs> yeah. it was just pe- too far past his prime and just, it just way too old. It, right. So just it wasn't going to work. Um, the one other thing that, that I want to kind of discuss here too is I had mentioned, you know, with, with him being so polarizing in every place that we've gone to, that that whole chant, like one, one of the, there's a lot of chants that have happened in wrestling that drive me absolutely bananas, like just berserk. And the one that's like right near the top of my list is the "Let's go Cena, Cena sucks," right? Just and it, it, it some of the same people were like saying the same things. So I, I, for me, it was always kind of a weird dynamic. It's like. Do people like him or do people hate him? Like it just because like people were literally saying both lines. It just it, I don't think I've seen that too often oh. in the wrestling business. I'll throw this your way, Jerry, because I can tell you're just you're just you're, you're <laughs> chomping at the bit there. He's fired up. You're wrong. I mean, because go back and listen to those chants. It is not the same people because you hear "Let's go, Cena." Cena sucks. <laughs> like it's the women and the children are like. Yeah, let's go Cena. And then all the dudes were like, you know, screw this on, guy. You know, there are some smart marks up there that were saying both things. Come on now. If there well, was, yeah, it those, wasn't, those uh, are, are it shouldn't have been noticeable. Well, yeah, that's. <laughs> there were a lot of wise asses out there, marks that were trying to hijack the, the show. Yeah. That thing that kind of where they're like, okay, we'll get in on it. You know, like it's like, it's kind of like a chant at a football game. At some point, which is one thing that does part of Cena's legacy is that's what made him so unique. There was actually a chant. And, and of course, remember all the memes and the, the YouTube videos where he would show up anywhere, you know, and all that stuff. I mean, he was and polarizing is a great word for that because it really was something where I, that's one of his legacies will be the fact that people had fun with how big he got pushed at the time. Yeah, uh, our, our friend in the, in the chat here, John, saying that he thinks that Cena would have beat Hogan. Yeah, very, very much, very high likelihood oh, yeah. if they would have actually done that match. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, yeah. If they would have done that match, everybody would have hated Cena even more because they were doing Rock Hogan from 18. Right. Right. Like they already they already cashed that card yeah. on Hogan to make the Rock. And yeah. You know, how'd that work out for him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, the, it, it's. You know, I think you had first mentioned it, Ryan. If they would have done like the like Hulk Hogan starting the NWO thing, if they would have done that with Cena, it, it's an intriguing idea. If they would have done that too, because I, I think that 
I don't know. It, it's one of those You're things where it, it's like we're. It's another one of those deals where we're kind of like we're recycling something that's already been done before, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> fantasy booking is a great thing. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah. none of us have the books. So. No. <laughs> And the other thing is then you also need a face of the company, somebody who's going to drop everything and learn yeah. Mandarin so we can go do a press conference in China mm-hmm. because, you know, John Cena would do that kind of stuff. It, you got to have somebody opposite of heel Cena and yeah. they didn't have anybody. Yeah. I mean, Triple H was one of the big foils uh, during that time period. Was he not? No. Triple no. H was never a big deal. No. I mean, you know, he was, a, he was like the foil. <laughs> Uh, to a lot of these people, like he was never something that really got to that super superstardom either. As he because the guy. will always be a number two. Yeah, he, he was. was and he was one of the best number twos, and one of the best number twos. Absolutely, yeah, right? absolutely the best vice president you could have, but not the president. And <laughs> I mean, that's just the way I look at. It. I mean, it's the, or, or the best first mate you could have in the ring, you know, but not the captain. And that's that it will always to me. I mean, granted, he he married well. Yep. He did a good job in his personal life, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, and I, I don't know who used this expression, but he's not the guy. He's the guy who works with the guy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Jargo's absolutely right. If you turn Cena and he's the spokesman of your company, then who do you got to be that next big baby face that you, you put in his spot? Because there really was nobody at that time. And that might be one of the reasons why, and I'm not going to go on a rant here, but that might be one of the reasons. Oh, if you want to go on a rant, by all means, go ahead. No, no. I mean, right. I, I'm not going to rip and run and holler here, but <laughs> uh, that might be one of the reasons why Cena's legacy is not probably as, I guess, esteemed as it should be because he did do a lot of great things for that company. Yeah. But because there, there weren't a lot of guys, even the Randy Ortons, Lesnar, guys like that, that are really good workers, they're there really wasn't anybody else in the company at the time that had the same charisma he had. And so he didn't, when I call these guys stars, I, I'm, Randy Orton is a great wrestler. Do I consider him a star? Like on a mainstream level? Not no, really. Not really. Uh, Lesnar even going to UFC and trying out for the NFL. I don't really consider him a mainstream star, but Cena is a mainstream star. And, and he, like I said, he looks the part. He looks like a movie star, which is probably why he's a movie star now. Yeah. But he didn't have a lot of movie stars to work with at the time. Yeah. Well, let me throw this out here because I think it, it kind of uh, ties into what we were just talking about. What are? I'll start with my co-host uh, Carl here on this one. What, what do you think were some of his best rivalries over uh, over the years? Because uh, I think Ryan did mention a couple of them there. Um, I think uh, maybe my favorite would would have been with Kurt Angle. I mean, just, just, and, and that was some good stuff, even yeah. as, as, as brief as it, as it could have been, I loved it. I loved absolutely everything about it. It, it was just a, uh, a fantastic way for John Cena to debut against who at that time, um, you know, Olympic gold medalist, you know, running, running the world essentially when, when it came to the WWE, like everybody loved Kurt Angle and a great way for John Cena to kind of come in to, uh, uh, face off with Kurt Angle and bring in that ruthless aggression era that we talk yeah. about from time to time. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's got to be it for me. Yeah. Kurt Angle. Yeah, for for me, uh, before I uh, pass it off to pause here, um, for me it was uh, CM Punk. That 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 rivalry with CM Punk. I think that that not only, I mean, like you know, we saw the pipe bomb come out of that. 
feud and whatnot. Just it, it was, and they were blurring the lines between reality and what was kind of going on too. It, just, it worked on so many levels for me. Um, we we even had the moment where Punk literally left the company with a belt. Like it just it. Uh, because of Cena, right? So that, for, for me, that's still one that kind of stands out. I mean, obviously the matches with Orton and all that stuff were fantastic as well. What about you, Paz? What do we think were some of his best rivalries over the years? Since you said Angle and uh, you said Punk already, yes. I will go AJ Styles in 2016 and 2017. Mm. I feel like he had such a great series of matches. And that's it was like, thing. wow, he can't beat this guy. I know he beat him in, in the six-man, but wow, he loses yeah. to him twice in one-on-one matches. And SummerSlam comes along, he loses at SummerSlam. And then it, you know, he keeps going. I was like, wow, this is pretty good. It's like, can Cena keep up with this next generation of guy who's like this great worker, always athletic, just an unbelievable talent. Can't Cena do it? Is he still, you know, in his prime? So it was really, really cool. And then had that awesome match at the Royal Rumble, yeah. which was another great match uh, that they had. I think every match they had was really good, but I really liked the one at the Rumble. But to like, kind of solidify it and give Cena the win, it's like, okay, maybe he does still have it. He's still, you know, he could still go. So that's definitely, if can't say Angle or Punk, I'll go AJ Styles. Nice. What about you, Jargo? Um, well, you guys took all of mine, but I, I, can, but I can actually, I can, I can tell you in Vince McMahon's mind hmm. who John Cena's best programs were, because I actually have in front of me the top five most frequently faced opponents for John Cena. Number one with 77 matches, no surprise, Randall Keith Orton. Yeah. I, I think we, we all got tired of seeing Orton versus Cena, right? <laughs> Randall. This one surprised me a little bit, though. Number 55, 55 matches between John Cena and The Big Show. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Which I, I wouldn't think to put up yeah. there, but as I think back, yeah, they I do remember a lot of Cena and Big Show matches and watching yep. Cena pick that big bastard up. <laughs> Impressive, uh, yeah. You got 52 matches with Edge, 42 matches with The Miz, mm, yeah. and this one really surprised me, 41 matches with Kane. Wow. Okay. I don't remember okay. like a big rivalry between John Cena and Kane. No. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would have been maybe the, uh, uh, like, when up to Mania? Kane was like on the corporate side of of things maybe oh it could have been corporate king maybe uh, yeah that would make sense that would make sense yeah hey, leading Jar- up to mania that too right shows yeah that, yeah, that, yeah yeah okay that's probably why there are a lot of uh, matches between those guys and you got to remember these guys have all been in the same company for 20 damn years so it you know i mean when they go on the road they work house shows you know they might throw two guys in the ring that it doesn't even make sense you know well, and what i thought was interesting was edge like if Edge hadn't yeah. have gotten hurt, would Edge have been Cena's like main rival instead of Randy Orton, and would it have made a difference? <sighs> hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I think it would have made a difference. Or here you tell. <laughs> Honestly, I I don't know. I was never a big Edge guy. You know, I just never saw it. Yeah. I mean, I, there were, there are a few guys that WWE pushed to the moon that I just never like got into or whatever. But I mean, what do you think, Pause? I mean, you think Edge could have been the the I guess the uh, doppelganger to Cena. Hmm. I'm not a big Edge guy either. Yeah. Uh, he it's okay now because they don't really have as many top guys. But I don't know. I just I think Orton is a step above him. To be honest, um, I know yeah. maybe he hasn't had some Hollywood credentials and been on some other TV shows that Edge has been on. But I know I put Orton above Edge. I feel like I don't know. I'm just not a big Edge guy. Oh. I think it's pretty crazy that Edge has become like one of the best promos in like you know decades. 
And when they brought him into the company, he was so bad that they made him a mute. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what happened to our friend Ryan K. Bowman. I think he um, dropped out for he some reason. He didn't like my response. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> but you know what? Um, in the meantime, we'll see if we can get Ryan back here. But we'll, let's uh, let's take a bit of a brief break here and hear from our friends over at uh, CollinRebelBrand.com. We'll see if we can get Ryan back. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. The dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. All right, guys, Mighty Joe and Carl back here on Turnbuckle Talk with our friends uh, uh, Paws and Jargo. And uh, we did have uh, Ryan K. Bowman, but we're working on getting him back. I think he's having some issues with his computer. But, um, yeah, you just heard from our friends over at callinoverbrand.com, or if you use our promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, you can get 10% off your entire purchase over there. So make sure and check them out and uh, check out all the great merchandise over there. And uh, as usual, uh, on top of his head there, Carl is wearing his collar and elbow hat, and I believe you can still buy that over at the store, right, Carl? Yes, you definitely can. So much great stuff over there. They are still having amazing clearances going on there as well. For our American friends, I do believe that you can still get free U.S. shipping. Uh, Check out collarandelbowbrand.com. Take a look at their Facebook pages while you can find them by searching uh, color and elbow and you will be able to find that promo code but for all of you canadian listeners and fans make sure you use our promo code jk podcast for that 10 percent off your entire order unfortunately you're still paying for the shipping but you're getting some great merchandise and we get a little bit of a kickback so you're helping to support us while you are getting great merchandise. It's a win-win for absolutely everyone. Make sure you go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. Awesome. All right, well, like I said, while we work on getting Mr. Ryan K. Bowen back, because uh, I'm hoping we can have him here for our Match of the Week segment. But uh, in the meantime, let us get to breaking news. Oops, sir. <laughs> There we go. Sorry about that. My mouse was uh, kind of acting weird for a second, but uh, they, the beauties of doing live broadcasting, folks. All right, so let's get to some topics here. I don't know if Carl has anything lined up for breaking news, but I guess a big one that I kind of wanted to touch on is that uh, it looks like we're, we're trying to tease or possibly set up 
something with Brock Lesnar and, and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Uh, I think that that would be kind of like their should be their big marquee match event that really isn't set yet, which is kind of unfortunate because, well, I don't want to get to all of that because that's actually coming up in a later segment of the show. But uh, that, I don't know about you guys, but that's a matchup that I kind of really want to see. Let me throw that over to you first, Carl. I mean, I, I would be okay with seeing it. Um, am I going to be super excited about it? No, I'm really not. Um, two really big guys inside of that ring uh, has always been really cool. You know, and I, if you have listened to the podcast before or watched the vidcast, you know that I have always been a fan of the bigger guys in there, whether it's the uh, the King Kong Bundys or the, um, you know, Bam Bam Bigelows, the big boss man, you know, those guys. I've always been partial to them. Um, so these guys are almost today's big guys, uh, right? So you really don't have a lot of, uh, minus Otis, possibly. You really don't have a lot of those big, fat guys that are in there <laughs> the big boys. Uh, really working and showing that us fat kids can go and do it too. Uh, but you got those guys like Brock Lesnar and like Bobby Lashley. So I, I think that this would be a cool. Fat one. <laughs> uh, Brock. Brock's the fat one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, it would be cool to see. Definitely. It would be, um, would I be super excited? Like over the top? Yeah. I need to order this pay-per-view because of it. Probably not. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm reaching for stuff here, but, uh, uh, I, I think that it would be pretty good. And we lost Ryan again. Oh boy. Um, but let me throw this over to you. Pause. Do you think a, a matchup with, uh, Brock and uh, Lashley at WrestleMania, do you think that that's a, a headliner? To me, yes. I don't know why. Maybe because they don't really have that many other yeah. big names or big stars to right. pull out of. But I finally like this push from Lashley. They're finally giving him a cool little entrance, uh, paying a little bit of attention to him. I mean, he's a freaking monster. <laughs> uh, he looks better than ever. I mean, he's just he's great. Him with MVP is great. He had main eventer written all over him for a while. Unfortunately, they did the Lana thing with him and some other corny stuff with him that probably was just kind of lame or just kind of a way to see how long he was going to stick around for. But I just, I don't know. I, I really like him. I think that it's about time he's getting this push and I'm shocked that those two have never wrestled before. That is the kind of thing that it, it interests me the most. It's like, yeah. all right, these two behemoths, these two wrestlers from the you know wrestling background, uh, amateur style. And, and like, obviously both have a big MMA background. Lashley, maybe the opponents weren't there, but he's 15 and two. I mean, he had a great record in MMA. Uh, Lesnar, former uh, UFC world champion, pretty damn impressive. Yeah. So I feel like they could throw that in, throw like who's tougher. These guys were both, you know, near the top of their games in the uh, the early to mid 2000s. WB both kind of didn't cross paths at that point. Now they finally cross paths 15 years later, and let's see what happens. So I don't know. I'm interested in it. I feel like. They have really nobody else. I guess you could do Lashley McIntyre and then and then go from there and like be your big program. But I think Lesnar is a way better better selling point because on night one, let's say you have Edge Reigns be the headliner. Okay, Edge Reigns. Okay, that's kind of important. Night two maybe Lesnar yeah. Lashley. That would be huge. Yep. What about you, Jargo? Do you think that that's a, a match that uh, that draws some people in to watch? Well, let's put it this way. Okay. As everybody knows, I am not a big WWE fan. Basically, all I watch at this point is New Japan Pro Wrestling. I was even kind of thinking, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to watch Mania this year. Like, I'm, I'm almost to that Takeover. point, too. Yeah. I'll watch TakeOver. I don't know if I even care about WrestleMania this year. I heard about Lashley and Lesnar. 
And not only am I going to watch it, I took six days off of work <laughs> so I can watch the entire <laughs> Mania Week. Like, sign me up. I am fully on board oh, now. You poor the bastard. The only you. thing that would make this any cooler is if it was happening in an octagon. Yeah. That wow. would be something, too. And something that they could potentially play off of as well. Long-term storytelling, right? Lesnar uh, and Lashley, sign me up. I yeah. am all in. I love Especially it too. if this yeah. is going to be Brock Lesnar without Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Because it, yeah. one of the biggest misconceptions in the world is that Brock Lesnar needed Paul Heyman to cut a promo. Brock Lesnar cuts a hell of a promo. They just don't trust him with a live microphone. Yeah. That's what that's all about. <laughs> I hear you. What about but you? The one that Paz brought up that yeah. I really feel bad for is Drew McIntyre. Yeah. He's kind of the odd man out in yeah. this entire situation. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Uh, it's uh, even just the way that he won the, the title in front of no fans at, re- yep. at the quote-unquote WrestleMania. That was really unfortunate for him. Hopefully, uh, there's a chance there to uh, for some redemption later on down the road, hopefully. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Do you think... Do you think uh, I want to apologize to you guys. Those those weren't technical difficulties. I was just taking a smoke break. Oh, gotcha. so, no, no, I'm serious. I dropped out for a second. Sorry about that. But uh, as far as the Bobby Lashley, I did pick up on what you guys were saying. Yep. Bobby Lashley and Lesnar thing should have happened four years ago mm-hmm. when or three years ago, whenever it was that Bobby first made the jump. They should have they should have had the Lashley Lesnar match then. That's when it would have been the hottest. And and I think it and I, I didn't get to hear everything you guys said, but um, you know, they've done a lot of silly stuff with Lashley. Yeah. You know, I heard Jargo talk about the Lana thing and the thing with his sisters and all that stuff with Sami Zayn and all that. They kind of turned him into kind of a goofy character where they should have brought him in, in my mind anyway, as the same thing, just as unstoppable as Lesnar is. And then you put those two big bulls in the ring against each other and you see who comes out on top. That would have been yeah. awesome two or three years ago. But, you know, now... I, do I want to see it? Absolutely, I want to see it. Yeah. But um, I, I just think it would have been more effective. You know, two two thousand. I guess it was twenty eighteen was when he jumped from Impact. That's when I think he should have came in and challenged yeah. Lesnar right away. Oh yeah, for sure. When that when he did that return with that Raw after WrestleMania, he got like a good legitimate pop. That would have been a really great time to to have capitalized on that momentum. But. Um, you know, time will t- will tell. Hopefully, you know, at least they're doing something now, which is uh, which is good. Uh, the other well, little piece Vince of- doesn't do that though, regardless right? of who it is. Like if you come in from the outside, we have to drag you all the way down to the bottom yeah, so yeah. I can rebuild. You. <laughs> we got to yeah. clip your wings yeah. before you soar too high, right? Um, but before- the only guy they never punished like that was AJ. Yeah, I mean AJ Styles was the only one they brought in the company and immediately from Impact. It was almost like if you came from TNA or Impact. We're going, or you jumped to TNA or Impact. Yeah, we're going to punish you when you come back, and we're going <laughs> to kind of bury you a little bit, yeah. but still try to get the most out of you. And that's that, to me, that's a bass backwards way of doing things. But, <laughs> it is, you know. I mean, yes and no. Whatever. I mean, when AJ came in, he got a pretty decent push, but he was still like floating around in the mid card. Yes. What really got AJ over with Vince was when Bray Wyatt got sick before that pay-per-view. He had to carry he things. face off with Finn Balor and AJ yeah. Styles got on an airplane in South America and flew to Detroit, went out and had a four and a half star match with Finn Balor, saved yeah. the entire pay-per-view. And that's when Vince was like, okay, you're one of my top guys now. Yep. 
No, great point. I'm glad that you brought that up. It's uh, uh, definitely the the case there. Uh, the other little piece of breaking news I want to kind of touch on, not really breaking news, but like I said, you know, going into WrestleMania, and you know, I don't want to go into in depth because that's actually our showstopper segment for today. But um, one of the matches that they are looking at setting up here that really has me like scratching my head to the point towards like bleeding um, is it looks like we're doing Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison in WrestleMania. Um, I have no desire to see this. Uh, you didn't I, see that coming at the Rumble? <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't understand. Basically, what I'm getting at here is I don't understand the appeal of this Bad Bunny guy. I really, really don't. I, you want me to explain it to you? Because oh, I don't either, but I do know. I do know. Please don't tell me it's a singing ability because that, that can't be it. Hey, hey, Jargo, before you give your answer, can I give mine? They're trying to appeal to a, a, a Latin audience. But do, do they eat? Do they even give a shit who he is? Oh yeah, he's he's a major star in Latin America. So they they do, do they have really low standards? Is that what the problem is? Because I mean, he's <laughs> awful. He's terrible. Like, I don't get it. I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. Latin American star. That's why they put him with <sighs> Damian Priest, and, because they've been trying to reach this market yeah, forever. I, I mean, they had Rey Mysterio, and that's about it. If they can turn oh. Damian Priest into a Latin American Roman Reigns. They're going to do it, and yeah. this is how they do it. They put them with a yeah. huge Latin American star, guess, yeah. and you're off and running. Man, I just I didn't know that he was a legitimate star. I was just like, I, uh, my first time was like, who? And then when I heard him sing, I was like, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. Not my cup of tea, but I, I, I guess I get it. What about you? I, what? I, I, me and Jargs were probably on the same level on that. I didn't mean to butt in on you there, Jargo, <laughs> but I knew that's what you were going to say because it's. It's true. I mean, they're trying to appeal to a different demographic. It's the same reason why they tried to bring in the, the, the big kid. I can't remember his name from China because there's a billion and a half people in China. It's the same yeah. reason why they something you know, bong or something. You know, there's just, yeah. you know what? More consumers means more money. Yeah. And and I think that's the appeal. And this bad bunny guy, I didn't know who he was either no. <laughs> until he popped in WWE. But apparently in Latin, or I mean, I'm sorry, in Spanish speaking countries, He's a pretty big star. When you look globally, he had the number five album of 2020. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, all they're trying to do is, I mean, again, that's it's all about dollars and cents. And you know what they say? If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. <laughs> that's just how it is. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to reach out to everybody they can now. And, and this guy, I mean, obviously he's not going to, be great in the ring. We we all know that, but the fact that he's going to be on the pay per view or the, the the show, you know, at WrestleMania, it's going to attract people that might not watch otherwise. If he can do a splash better than Snoop Dogg, then I I, I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, that that Snoop landing by splash better than Snoop Dogg. <laughs> that was so bad. Yeah, I've so seen bad. I've seen plane crashes that were prettier than right. that splash. Go on a brief slide tangent. I mean, I get Snoop's passion there, but just it's uh, like it was almost like he was afraid to hurt somebody, which I get it. Uh, you were going to say something in pause there. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say also Bad Bunny sold a ton of WWE merchandise. Yeah, that was, that was crazy another too, right? big point. Yeah, which is insane. I was like yeah. shocked by it, but that was another big selling point of why they love this guy. Yep, that's uh, an interesting. He took the WWE twenty four seven three hundred sixty five seven eleven championship on Saturday Night Freaking Live. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, that title's more over than the Universal Championship at this point. 
Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. What do you think on this guy here, Carl? Before we move on to our next segment here. Well, we're not going to move on. You oh, you got some. Do this to Sorry, me. Yeah, I have some breaking more. news as well. <laughs> get into it. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Carl. Um, I mean, it's Bad Bunny. Yeah. Yep. That's 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 about it. I mean, um, I don't know if anybody watched the awards. What was it last night or two nights ago? Um, did he did he have the championship with him on the award show? Don't know. That's that's not sure. I know he did See, win a Grammy for Best Latin Artist of 2020. Right? Yes. Yes. He did win a Grammy. Yeah. Um, he did he go on stage with it? On, only on SNL, Carl, as far as I know. Okay. Okay. See, that would that would have been huge. Yeah, yeah. That, that would have been huge if, you know, the Recording Academy or whatever would have allowed him to take that on stage with him as he accepted that award. Yeah. Wow. And then let's say you have our truth come out. And our truth try to pin oh, yeah. him, and boom, money, right? That was great. <laughs> that that would have been, been a Cindy Lauper kind of moment. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That would have taken Lauper it back to the rock and wrestling days. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yes. And then you end up with our uh, truth versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. <laughs> right. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, WWE, why have you not hired us yet? Right. <laughs> So, what quick, uh, quick breaking news that I have got. I just want to make sure that everybody knows and realizes the NWA is not dead. They are oh. in one week, in fact, having a pay-per-view. They have partnered up with Fight.TV, F-I-T-E.TV. Uh, go and order the pay-per-view. Help support the NWA. The NWA has been around for freaking ever. We don't want to lose them. Quickly, I'll run through what they have for the card right now. And they're going to be names that not everybody is going to know. And that's a reason for you to go and watch so that you can learn and see who these people are. We've got Jax Dane versus Slice Boogie <laughs> versus Jordan Clearwater versus Crimson. So Crimson is the name that everyone would probably know from his TNA Impact Wrestling days. Tyrus is set to make a debut on nwa that is freaking cool i i okay. i was you know no matter what he did i was a fan of tyrus i was over member of the roster at this point i from his appearances on fox news exactly and a special matchup has been made in the memory of joseph hudson um otherwise known as the question mark nice. uh to a lot of people uh the nwa world's Heavyweight Championship will be defended. Nick Aldis has actually held that belt since October 21st, 2018, when he Crazy. defeated Cody at the NWA 70th anniversary. But he's going to have the match against probably uh, one of the best friends that uh, Joseph had, Aaron Stevens. Nice. So just a, a cool little nod that uh, Billy Corgan has decided that he is going to do and put out there for the fans. And I think that that's fantastic. My other little part of breaking news is another pay-per-view is going to be happening soon. And we are going to see another cool title match happening. Now this one confuses me a little bit as we are going to see the newly unified TNA and impact championship winner in rich Swan taking on Kenny Omega mm -hmm. with both championship belts on the line. 
Yeah. People, we're going to be talking about that. We definitely will be. So you're going to want to make sure that you are following us on our social media as well as checking out our vidcast and the podcast because we definitely will be talking about this at a later date. That's all I've got for for breaking news. All right. On that that note, let me just say I I just spoke with Rich last week and and the interview's up at sportskeeda.com. And I kind of, not that, it, no one really tells me what's going on, but they kind of blush across it like, what? yeah, this might happen. <laughs> and I honestly, I've been saying this for a month now, I think that I, I think Kenny's going to win all those titles. And I think he's going to be a unified champion on both shows. And honestly, I think that could be one of the coolest things we've seen in wrestling in a long time. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that one, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, not, not that I'm not- not that I'm doubting Rich, because he's a great guy, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. I'm saying, <laughs> you know, he said, you know, I think he he said, I think we could make magic together in the ring. I and, so. and I love I that quote. Like when he he gave me that, and I thought, yeah, you know what, Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega, it's a match that I want to see. We should, we'll see, and we'll, like Carl mentioned, we'll definitely be talking about it on here. Uh, I kind of have my doubts about it, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, they can uh, they can prove me wrong. It's baby steps into the elevator in order um, for Kenny Omega to, you know, reach that level. What he's he's going to go, he's going to have the the Impact Championship, the AEW Championship, the AAA Championship. He's going to be Thanos collecting all the belts until it becomes God versus the Devil. Yep, yep. We'll see how that kind of goes. One hundred percent, I believe correct, Jargo. I, I would I would totally agree with that, and I think if Kenny Omega is ever going to be a star over here like he was in japan over here this is the way that you make him into a star and, and the payoff yeah. is you, you end up with kenny omega versus kota ibushi for the that has to be the payoff world heavyweight championship yeah. and, and that's why they did away with the intercontinental championship so that yeah. the iwgp would be a world championship yeah. And then Kenny ends up taking the title, and all uh, Kota Ibushi loses everything. He gets too big for his pants, thinks that he's become God. <laughs> Kenny takes away the entire legacy of New Japan Pro Wrestling until his greatest rival goes and brings it all back, and we end up with the match that everybody has been waiting for for years, the next match in the series between Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. Yep. Yeah, that would be big too, especially if you do it in North America too. I think that'd be uh, that'd be uh, quite something. I would think that would be epic. That'd be epic for sure. All right, guys, let us get to our match of the week segment. All right, guys, for a match of the week segment here, since the uh, the majority of the episode was spent talking about Mr. John Cena, I figured that we would go around the uh, the table here and give our picks for our favorite John Cena match of all time. Um, I'm going to throw this over to our, our first time uh, guest here, Mr. Paws, and then we'll go around the table. Uh, Paws, what's your favorite John Cena match of all time? Probably versus Ubaga at Royal Rumble mm. 2007. Nice pick. Really liked that match. It was different for him. It was crazy. Ubaga was an awesome, awesome wrestler. Uh, maybe he doesn't get to do he should, but uh, that's probably the favorite I have to go with. Umaga. Very good. Carl, what's your favorite John Cena match? Favorite John Cena match, we'll say um, a TLC match that happened at Unforgiven in 2006. John Cena versus mm. Edge. Um, it really just kind of showed that uh, John Cena could do and take some punishment inside of that ring, that he wasn't just a five moves of doom, that he could actually take some and give some 
in a type of uh, hardcore style type of matchup. There you go. Uh, Ryan, what's your uh, your pick? I think it, him putting over AJ Styles uh, was and, – and I – to me, it was just something. It was because the ending was so unexpected. I thought for sure that that he was going to again go over like John Cena always does. And you know, so funny. I haven't followed AJ for so many years. I mean, all the way back to the NWA Wild Side days. It was co- almost like you know we talked about people passing the torch, Hogan passing the torch to the Rock, or you know potentially passing the torch to somebody else. To me, that was almost in some ways Cena passing the torch to AJ, and you know having. Like I said, been around Alan, and I mean, I actually just talked to his agent this morning. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny to see him grow up, you know, I mean, he's only a couple years younger than me, but it's almost seemed like here was this fresh-faced kid from Georgia who had all this talent, and then he just kept progressing and progressing and progressing, and then finally to have that opportunity where the biggest star in wrestling at that time put him over and put him on the map. To me, that says a lot about John Cena. It says a lot about AJ Styles, too, both guys, you know, that they were in that position. So, to me, that's my favorite. My favorite John Cena moment is seeing AJ pin John Cena. There you go. Uh, Jargo, what's your pick? Well, actually, Joe, why don't you go first? Because I've still got a couple, so if you don't take mine, (laughs) you you know what I mean? I don't want to accidentally take yours, so I've I've got one to fall back on. So you go ahead. No worries. Mine is um, I have a feeling maybe I'm picking one of yours. I'm actually surprised nobody else uh, picked this, but I'm going to 2008 when John Cena came back at the Royal Rumble at Madison Square Garden. Coming back so quickly after injury, being able to bounce back like that and just say, you know what? They said it was going to take this long. It's like, screw you guys. I'm going to get back quicker. I'm going to put in the work. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to kick some ass. Uh, for me, that uh, that makes it th- th- probably the biggest standout moment for for me. Uh, if I had to pick a maybe like a or like a runner up, I don't know. Nobody else picked a runner up, but for me, it would be um, the stuff with uh, with CM Punk. Uh, especially that match. So that's that's my number one. Money yeah. in the Bank, twenty eleven. CM Punk. That's a big moment. John Cena in Chicago, yeah. and it's just the atmosphere, the match, the story. Everything was just this perfect storm of everything. And plus, yeah. you kind of got to see heel Cena because let's bit. face it, Punk was clearly the babyface that night, right? Yeah. Uh, my 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 number two would be John Cena versus Kevin Owens mm. when Kevin Owens first debuted on the main roster as part yeah. of the United States Open Challenge. Good choice. I thought that match was absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, clearly, my favorite John Cena match is the match that hasn't happened yet. Um, and, and that would be the the dream match of all dream matches. I realize it's going to have to be at least a two-match series. We're going to have to get one in the Tokyo Dome. We're going to get have to get one at WrestleMania, and that's the match that I am just I salivate for, <laughs> and that's John Cena versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. Those two guys in a ring together would be a holy shit moment as they just stood there and looked at one another. They wouldn't have even have to touch. And, and in many ways, wouldn't you say Tanahashi is sort of the John Cena of New Japan? They're the same people. That guy yeah. Came in when the when the company was down yep. and sort of resurrected it and carried it for all those yep. years before the guys like Okada and Ibushi came on. Ibushi came along. You know, it was Tanahashi at, at one point. Oh man! Oh, hello. <laughs> We we lost Ryan, but I, I think we tune in next week to <laughs> hear the rest. Uh, we, we, we gotta... How would you feel about that match, Tana and Cena? Would you like to see that match? Yeah, for sure. I like it. Very, very similar. 
Obviously, yeah. Tanahashi, to me, is a lot better, but it was very, very similar, seen as more of, obviously, the American style. But, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be great. I, I guess the, the bigger question now that we have uh, Ryan back again, uh, where do you do that match? Do you do it in Japan or do you do it in North America? You'd have to do it twice. You'd have to do it in both places? That would be in New York the second time. That's what I do. Madison Square Garden, yeah, absolutely. MSG in the dome. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry that I keep dropping out for some reason, but the other the other Cena match that I would say, and, and a lot of people hate the ruthless aggression era, but the other Cena match, as Honorable mentioned, him coming out and facing up with Kurt Angle. I, I think it, just because it's groundbreaking in terms of his career and in terms of the history of WWE, no, I agree 100%. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. I know we're running a little bit long this week, but when we have multiple guests on here, Carl, I don't mind running a little bit long, especially when we get into good discussions. I mean, that's more right. of something that's good can only be good, right? Oh, I keep, yes. You know what? I keep dropping out. I think Jargo sabotaging me. That's what I think. <laughs> well, you know what? Genius. Well, you know what? While we still got you here, let us get to our showstopper segment. All right, guys, for a showstopper segment for, the, for this week, we're talking WrestleMania, right? So we're, what, we're less than three weeks away from the show now, and we have two matches. We have Roman and Edge, and we've got Sasha and Bianca Belair. That's it. Um, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> what is going on? I'm going to throw this over to, uh, to pause to kind of start off with here. Why are we waiting so long to kind of uh, get the stuff established? And we got two nights to fill this year again. Two nights, and we know two matches. I feel like it's all Vince's fault. You know what I mean? It's just a total mess. He doesn't have it set in his head what he wants, but it's such bad storytelling. I feel like at the Royal Rumble, we should know all the matches almost already, or at mm-hmm. least uh, Elimination Chamber, and then Fastlane can kind of be a bump in the road or something to change it, and really nothing could change. But, man, it's just crazy that all these months you had to build it up and we're what 30 days away it's still not, not a, even not, not even set. 30 days yeah yeah the, the whole card should be set by now it's just yeah. it's insane it's just a total mess uh lack of leadership i guess you could say creatively from vince on this one carl i think i've stated this before and i think it's been the case for the last few years now is that the real shift in wrestlemania seems to be that we've gone from like what pause says you know we're, we're establishing these storylines over the course of the year and then it culminating at wrestlemania whereas now it's like we're starting at wrestlemania and then post wrestlemania then the storylines kind of continue um is that do we just have to accept that now that that's the shift now or is it like pause said here where we just we we're just we don't know what we're doing and we're just going to kind of throw it together I think that's that's exactly what it is now. We're we're not building for WrestleMania. We're building for a year. I think is yeah. is kind of how it feels now. So we're going to culminate or start everything at WrestleMania and continue it out throughout the entire year. Um, now, whether you know things work or they don't, they just kind of play out, and and it just really seems like there's a uh, um, a disconnect between uh, how it was done with the amazing build-up to matches to a, yeah, just come and take a look and see what we're offering. Yep. Just, just just come and look because, yeah, oh, you're going to be surprised. Uh, it's going to be such good shit. We're yeah. going to give right. you such a good surprise. Yep. I mean, I think that that's uh, kind of 
how writing is going now. It's just, hey, we're not going to give you anything. You just come in and see it because you're just going to love it anyways. Well, you just hinted at something there, Carl. And uh, to segue into it, I'm just going to say, uh, and I actually brought this up with our friends over at Love Wrestling when we did Sunday Brunch yesterday. And this is something you you brought up before as well, Jargo, is that we're... Uh, <laughs> I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit there, but it's, um, I, I, I brought that up before. Do you know? Yeah. But I, I just, I, I totally lost track of what I was going to say. Um, I, we're just, we're, we're, we're going to wrestle me without, without a plan and just, it, it's, we're just going to throw it together. Like I just, I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't understand the, the philosophy. There's nothing to, to draw people in. We, we don't even have like this Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar thing. It's all just theoretical at this point. Okay, well, this and okay, I, I just, I just, it just popped back in my head. Vance is still relying on the cachet of the WrestleMania name. He still thinks that people are going to tune in because it's WrestleMania, but that just isn't the case anymore. The, the well, Vince still thinks that the, the, that name still has that big value, and it does to the people that are already that already have the network. But we're not bringing in the new people with it. That's I think is the greater issue here. Yeah, I, it's the only thing they have that has value anymore at, at this point, or so it seems. Yep. Um, it, but I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about, we don't even know what the card is going to be. At the Royal Rumble this year, let's remember, Drew McIntyre was the WWE champion. Yep. And then at Elimination Chamber, he lost the WWE championship. And then on Raw, The Miz loses the WWE championship to Bobby Lashley. Like, this is even the most accelerated timeline that I can possibly remember. But we also have to remember that this year of any year, they get a pass on that because we don't know what talent is even going to be available to them now a month out from WrestleMania because of damn COVID, right? Uh, The the whole Brock Lesnar thing, like that seriously could just be a phone call. And Vince is like, Okay, crap. We're we're gonna have Brock for Mania. How do we get there? Yeah. You know, so this year more than any other year, I give them a pass. But really, to me, the bigger problem is Elimination Chamber. The bigger problem is Fast Lane because you're building to those pay per views rather than building yeah. to WrestleMania. And and to me, that is the real core of the problem. It's just too much goddamn content. Well, at the same time, too, you got to look at it. And what Joe said is true. They're selling the brand, the name WrestleMania. I'll ask you guys just a theoretical question. I mean, how many people planned Super Bowl parties before they found out who the two teams were that were going to be playing? Because it's become an event. Well, WrestleMania tickets go on sale a year in advance. Right. And and in Vince's mind, it doesn't matter what who he throws on the field. It doesn't matter if he's got Tom Brady. Or he's, you know, or if he's got the Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Bucks, whatever you want to say. In his mind, WrestleMania is so much of a brand name that people are going to gather to watch it no matter what. And I think that's, in my mind, it's a flawed theory and it's a bad idea because I don't think wrestling fans respond to things the same way football fans or normal sports fans do. I think they want that storyline. I think they, they need that drama leading up to it. But, you know, I could be wrong. I mean, apparently his formula works could, because it's been going on for almost 50 years now. So, you know, we, we we can all complain about it as much as we want, but apparently it works because I'm pretty sure I've got some friends that will all get together and barbecue or, or 
cook food and watch. I mean, there, there are WrestleMania parties just like there are Super Bowl parties. So in a lot of ways, yeah. the fan base just buys it as an event, not so much the people involved. It's just the fact that it's a happening, for lack of a better term. The other thing is, Joe, we're spoiled. Yeah. All right. Because I know you watch a lot of New Japan. Obviously, yes, I watch a lot of New Japan. Paz watches a lot of New Japan. Carl should watch a lot of New Japan. And Ryan's just too busy watching Impact. But <laughs> we're, we're spoiled because at the end, of the, balls. <laughs> at the end of the G1, we know what the main event is for Wrestle Kingdom. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got like four months there to actually build the program. We're spoiled in that way. Yeah. And if we didn't have Gato doing it, in my mind anyway, the proper way, we wouldn't have the exposure of Vince, what in the hell are you doing? Yeah, right. It's it's so confusing. You know, the best, by the way, the best booker in wrestling. Yeah, period. for sure. Yeah. As much as I, you get, I know, Jargs, you get on to me once in a while for not watching New Japan all the time, but that's the best book company in wrestling today, period, has been for yeah. the last how many years? Three, four years now that yeah. they've just completely revolutionized wrestling. So, yes, he is a genius. And if an American company could hire him and steal him away from Japan, they would be the number one company in the world, period. Yeah. I mean, great, great mind for the business. Just brilliant. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, you know, we're, we're less than a month away from WrestleMania, and we don't know too much. You know, hopefully they can, you know, piece together something that will still be somewhat enjoyable. And like I said, you know, if we can get that that Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley match to if we can actually make that happen, I mean, that, that will definitely hook me into watch, you know, at least that I may not, you know, sit through the entire show, but, uh, well, Brock's gotta yeah. be drew first. Right. Uh, yeah. So but I don't I know. Mean, like, I, I feel like you need to do yeah. a rematch there. Brock Lesnar goes over on drew yeah. and actually earns, earns a, a shot spot. at Lashley. I don't want Lesnar just walking in and being like, Oh, time for the biggest payday of the year. I want <laughs> the main event. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I do need something more than that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, well, we'll see how it kind of goes here, guys, and um, we'll definitely be talking about it. You know, as we know, kind of more of the matches, and like I said, you know, just hopefully they can put together something that'll at least make it worth their time. Jergo's taking six days off of work, guys, so so at least make it like acceptable, right? I mean, come on, give it to me. Give it to you. You're gonna give me two takeovers and Bobby Lashley versus yeah. Brock Lesnar. That's a lot of content to watch. A lot of content to Hell, watch. Hell, I didn't even know you had a job. Who hired you? <laughs> I'm kidding. Man. I'm kidding. I gotta give you crap. We haven't got to do this in a while. So there is. Absolutely. Well, if you would call me once in a while. <laughs> I will. I'll call. I'll call. All right. All right, guys. Well, before we go here, uh, let's kind of go around the table and uh, and get everybody a chance to get some some plugs and some promotion here. Pause. Uh, let everybody know what uh, you're up to these days. Go to Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out my website, tmptempire.com, and also patreon.com backslash tmptempire for some more goodies on there. Thank you. Absolutely. Jargo, what's coming up on HTM and Destino this week? Uh, well, l- let's, I mean, Joe Biden actually talked last week. Like, like a, a whole address and everything, so wow. you can bet that I've got a bunch of wonderful Joe Biden <laughs> uh, hitting the marks this week. Awesome! Uh, of course, we're we're two rounds deep now into the New Japan Cup. So uh, this week on Destino, I'll actually be sitting down with Mighty Joe Morin from yes. Turnbuckle Talk. You might have heard of him, yep. and uh, we're going to talk about Will Osprey's nose which is currently all over his face yeah. after a match with Zack Sabre <laughs> Jr., which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. But I will leave you with this today, ladies and gentlemen. 
in a world that is booked 50-50, be John Cena. John Cena, over the course of his WWE career, which we all know is booked 50-50, won 78.6% of his matches. <laughs> there you go. There you go. An interesting statistic. Absolutely. And I was just going to ask Ryan about no. the first keto, but oh. we, we, we dropped not like that statistic, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it's always become his kind of shtick at this point. But you know what, Carl? Uh, I'll give you a chance to get um, uh, some plugs in for our platform here, and hopefully we can get Ryan back uh, before we uh, head over today. Definitely, everybody heard during the commercial break. Colorandelbowbrand.com. Guys, just amazing merchandise over there. You really have to go and check them out. All we ask is just make a purchase. That's it. That one purchase and use our promo code JKPODCAST gets you great gear, gets us a little kickback to help bring you these shows. That's what it's all about, people. We want to continue to bring the, bring you this content, and we can do that if you help support us and our friends at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. If you're into working out and you need supplements, go and check out Phoenix at FNXFit.com. We got a promo code for that as well. Promo code TBTALKPOD. That's going to get you 15% off your entire purchase. Go and check them out too. If you're looking for protein powder, if you're looking for uh, super greens, if you're looking for uh, stuff to help you sleep, stuff to wake you up, whatever you're looking for, they're, they're going to have it. And they got some really good shirts. They got some hats. They got awesome workout gear to go along with all of those supplements at fnxfit.com make sure you use that promo code though tbtalkpod for your 15% off we yep. do again get a little bit of a kickback as well so it, it helps everybody and helps us continue to bring you these amazing shows so don't forget people fnxfit.com tbtalkpod there you go uh, Ryan what do you got going over at Sports Kita this week well, I'll be dropping the uh, interview that Dr. Tom Pritchard and I did over the weekend Very and cool. pause, by the way, thank you so much for uh, hooking me up with Dr. Tom and you're awesome, well. man. Your show is great. You guys do a great job over there and uh, we'll be dropping that. And then tomorrow I'll be talking with uh, Mr. Bill Barons, who was the former promoter of NWA Wildside and the guy who discovered AJ Styles. So it's always good. And, and uh, Papa Bill always drops some knowledge <laughs> on me whenever I get to talk to him. Anytime you get to Speak to someone that's been in the wrestling business for 30, 40 years. Uh, they'll teach you something if you just sit down under the learning tree and listen. Absolutely. Uh, for uh, us, and, please, and also, please follow me on Twitter yes. at Ryan K. Bowman and Facebook at Ryan K. Bowman. The usual stuff. There you go. Uh, for us, uh, the only other thing I want to get before we go today is coming up on Turnbuckle Rewind this week. Uh, coming up on, uh, on later this week, uh, Thursday, Thursdays. Yeah, Thursdays we actually put out the episode, right, Carl? Yes, Thursdays. Uh, yeah. We have a good one. Uh, and it just so happens that one of our guests here today, Carl, was actually there in person for this event, which is uh, pretty cool. So I know that he uh, definitely enjoyed this one. At least I hope that he would. We're going to September 1st of 2018 from the Sears Center in Chicago. And we're going to be looking at Nick Aldis versus Cody for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. That's coming up on Rewind this week. Dude, I can't wait to break that down with you. And I can't wait for our listeners to watch and uh, listen and follow along with it. It's going to be an awesome, a great thing throwback uh, match that uh, I, I still I actually went back and watched it a couple times this week just to kind of get in preparation for it and 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Jargo, were you there? You were the one that was there? I was. Yep. Yep. And, I, and I was the NWA 70. Me and Melkor were at NWA 70 for yep. the rematch, which when, was awesome. Uh, Cody got up on the uh, turnbuckle at the end of the match and a bloody mess and raises <laughs> up the uh, NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. That was actually directly in front of Rick Carley and I. Nice. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, we that's had sick. incredible seats for, mm-hmm. for that show. Awesome. So, yeah, we're looking forward to doing that. All right, guys, so that wraps up here for this week, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks for being and on here. Clear. Thanks for being on here, guys. Sorry about the the hiccup with uh, the WrestleMania thing there. I had like a total brain fart moment. Like I had like my train of thought, and after Carl stopped talking, I was just like, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I just thought it was I great. Say like Jargo's made this point before, and I forgot what it was. <laughs> it's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I'd like everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show. You can find that all at hittingthebucks.com. Run.